Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts. Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with most of the guys. We got Roger Marsh. We got Neil Boron. We don't have John Rush. He's slacking. He'll be back with us uh, in a couple of weeks. Myself, Bob Duco. Guys, how are you? Very good. Hey, Thanks, Bob. Bob. How you doing? Good. Uh, good. Always good catching up with you. So uh, here's what we've got coming up. A couple of big things happening in the news right now. One of them is that this Texas federal judge has ruled that the FDA has to pull back its approval of the abortion pill, Mifeprestone, which I think this is a great ruling. It's 20 years too late, but this is a good ruling. The pro-abortionites are just having a meltdown over this. This is being appealed. This is going to be fought in the courts over the next few weeks. Next week, we're going to do a deep dive into the abortion pill and separate a lot of fact from fiction in this debate. This week, we're going to talk about the other big thing in the news. President Biden on Monday of this week signed a bill that officially ends the COVID emergency. That's right. The national emergency for COVID is officially over. And so now I look back at the last three years. Well, first, let me say, this is something Biden didn't want to do. And most of the Democrats didn't want to do it. The Republicans did. And the Republicans were able to peel off just a few Democrat votes, enough to get it to pass. And Joe Biden decided he's not going to veto it. And all right, let's just end the national emergency. Yes. Bob, never let a good emergency go to waste. That's true. That is true. Rahm Emanuel. I know. I know. And Roger, Rahm Emanuel, Marsh, you're absolutely (laughs) right. Okay. Uh, So now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what is the legacy of COVID? How does this go in the history books now, these last three years? And I, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. We're, we're going to have some areas where we may slightly disagree with each other, but I just kind of want to lay out for you what I think the legacy of COVID has been. First of all, I think this was a three-year scam that stole three years of our lives, upended America, upended our freedoms. Nobody's being held accountable, Fauci, China, any of them. Uh, and this fundamentally altered America and American life. And so I I think of the COVID legacy and it's like, okay, lockdown insanity, businesses destroyed, economy destroyed, countless people's personal finances destroyed, freedoms taken away, churches closed. I mean, here in Michigan, we were allowed to buy a gallon of milk, but not a gallon of paint. We were allowed to buy a toothbrush, but not a paintbrush. We had stores that literally had yellow crime tape blocking off sections of the store for stuff that were not necessity purchases, that kind of insanity. Then you get the mask insanity. The science wasn't followed. We know that the masks don't work. They didn't stop anybody from getting COVID. Uh, But meanwhile, we turn people into a bunch of paranoid germaphobes and masks are now woven into everyday life in this country for a lot of people. Then you get to the complete dismantling 
of any kind of CDC credibility that may have existed. The death counts being exaggerated. Everything was called a COVID death. We find out that for most people, the flu was actually more deadly than COVID was, especially for younger people and young adults. The CDC ignoring natural immunity and such, so their credibility went out the window. Then I see the legacy of COVID being loved ones, dying alone in the hospitals, in nursing homes, without their uh, family members there by their side. This is permanent emotional scarring that people are living through right now. People's health suffering as well. How many people didn't get cancer screenings and stress tests and physicals and mammograms and pap smears and all the other things? How many people were told, if only we had caught this heart attack coming sooner or this cancer sooner? But... The numbers show that hospital visits and doctor's visits for all these wellness checks dramatically reduced during COVID. You have increased anxiety, fear, stress, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, all the things that drive up people's blood pressure. So how many more people are having strokes and heart attacks because they're living in constant fear and anxiety and stress? Then you get the vaccine scam, forcing vaccines on people, military people being discharged. How many nurses and other healthcare workers and just other employees lost their jobs because they didn't accept the mandatory vaccines? Not to mention the potential heart damage that came from vaccines for younger people, myocarditis and such, forced on our children. And then while we're at it, our children being damaged psychologically, emotionally, physically, educationally, uh, making the kids social distance from their friends, putting them in plexiglass boxes, teaching them to be fearful and afraid. And then you look at the politics of this. The Democrats use this to help get Trump out of office in 2020. They use this to help control people through fear. And then I think about how it divided America and divided the church. Social distancing nonsense, we're disconnected from each other. The anger and vitriol coming from the left. The mask-wearing, vaccine-getting people were so angry and furious with the rest of us that weren't on that bandwagon. And then you and add to are, that. still are, by the way. I, mean, I know, not, they I mean, still are. You're yeah. right. And then you add to that, moving censorship into censorship 2.0, where you can't talk about opposing views on vaccines, natural immunity, ivermectin, the true death rates, masks, or anything else, or you're censored and silenced. You know something, guys? And I know both of you are pastors. I think this was a satanic dry run dress rehearsal for the Antichrist. I'm imagining Satan and his demons high-fiving each other going, oh man, it's going to be way easier to get people to take the mark of the beast than we ever thought it was going to be. Look how... America, in the entire world, we're the ones who are supposed to be the champions of freedom and liberty. So the most freedom, liberty-minded people in the entire world gladly gave up our freedoms and liberties to keep me safe, to take on the mark of the vaccine and the mask. So I, I, I to me, that's this three-year legacy. It fundamentally altered the trajectory of American life. I know that's a big mouthful, but I just want to lay that out on the table. And now <laughs> let's discuss. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I'm always just waiting for the mic drop and just walk off the stage. Oh, I wow, know. That was pretty I know. Exactly. You know what? <laughs> Good I'm Lord. Gone now. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's like okay. So it. it uh, well, I did a topic on my show yesterday on this and had listeners calling in, and I was just ranting like a machine. It's like this is insane. It's three years we're never going to get back. Look what they did to this country. Absolutely. And, you know, let me jump in here for just a second, because um, 
I'm grateful that we get a chance to talk about this stuff. You know, I mean, people have a fundamental distrust of government. And I think that came through loud and clear during this whole COVID thing that people began to realize after a while. I mean, some people early on thought, well, you know, isn't it nice that the government cares so deeply about us? But it didn't take long for people to turn around and all of a sudden say, what is going on here? Like, is is there some hidden agenda behind all of this? And actually, that reminds me of something that's going on right now. You mentioned the Texas abortion pill ruling federal court judge in texas uh pulled you know said it's we need to pull mifepristone off the shelves uh it's the drug that's sometimes referred to as ru486 mm. uh, apparently because the fda improperly uh approved it back 23 years ago well anyway i mean this ties right in with the whole government distrust thing um last year's overturn of roe uh you know, based on that, with a federal, uh, with a thumbs up, by the way, from the Biden administration and the FDA, has led to fast track efforts, bottom line, to get this pill into the hands of as many women as possible. Some aren't even pregnant, and they only think that they might be pregnant, which is incredibly dangerous and in what some call a right. chemical coat hanger abortion. Women who've been led to believe the pill is as safe as Tylenol, but it's four to five times more likely to end up. Uh, putting women in the ER with sepsis, hemorrhaging, ruptured fallopian tubes, because in 2000, the FDA fast-tracked this through, yeah. uh, ran, ran roughshod over law and science. Here we go. Yeah. Didn't follow the and science. And there's been over two dozen deaths yeah. already confirmed, let alone how many aren't confirmed. Yeah, well, the FDA has continued dismantling any safeguards that remain in place, and especially since the overturn of Roe. Mm -hmm. uh, and that basically turned all of this into a mail-order abortion industry by stripping away whatever protective measures right. were in place, and especially the requirement that a woman meet with her doctor. But for all of those reasons, thank God for Alliance Defending Freedom, who filed a lawsuit in federal court to save the lives and hold the FDA accountable. Thank God. Well, anyway, I just want to put a plug in and say that we need your help. FDA, uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom needs your help. A gift of $50 can help a lot. 100 can do even more, of course. And um, we need to stand with these women and their babies and care about these people. So go to the CrawfordMediaGroup.net or call 877-367-6461 to donate. It's very easy to give. And we need 40 people, like today, to help us. $50, $100, 1000 whatever you can do. But let's make sure that the Alliance Defending Freedom has the resources that they need to save women and their babies and protect each and every one of us from government overreach and the agencies that are more concerned with advancing radical policy than protecting the people that they're supposed to serve. So anyway, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and give today if you can. But, that, you know, government overreach is, to me, the biggest issue because it really invades all of the other things that you mentioned. It You know, yeah. it has to do with education, has to do with the church. Um, Roger, I know that uh, every aspect of life uh, has been hindered, and especially in places like New York and California. I mean, like you're the other bookend here of, of the yeah, worst no, places for COVID. Well, no question. And every uh, government overreach that Bob was talking about involved money. It involved the government spending more money, money that they didn't have, money that ultimately, let's let's face it, when you're getting those $3,000 stimulus checks, you don't realize that the federal deficit keeps building. Through the first six months of the fiscal year, they had projected a deficit of only, quote unquote, $430 billion. It's over a trillion. Guess who's going to pay for that? Us. And how mm -hmm. are we going to pay for it in, t in increased taxes? Right. you got to call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services because if you are trying to avoid paying the excess taxes, especially as you get into retirement years, my goodness, if you're on a fixed income, you can't 
play around with this. The government is coming from your pension. They are going to up your required minimum distribution uh, from your 401k that's going to be taxable and you're going to have to pay more tax than you planned on. And the rates are just going to go up. I mean, here in the People's Republic, we lead the league in taxation in terms of personal <laughs> state income tax, mm-hmm. but with more regulations. When you contact Dennis Wilson, he has so many different options for you to find safe investments that aren't going to lose any money, that are going to have the lowest impact tax-wise possible. And in some cases, many of his uh, clients are actually retiring tax-free without having to move to a state that doesn't have as high taxes as California. There's a banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net for Wilson Financial Advisors, or you can call 800-696-9970 and ask for a free consultation. But uh, guys, I'm telling you, I mean, this is the type of thing where everything Bob was talking about, the government overreach, the government quote-unquote protections, everything that was designed to make us safe. We know the masks don't work. We know that the distancing didn't work. We know that people who got COVID and had comorbidities were far more likely to die of the comorbidity and COVID just kind of moved it along. And my goodness, I mean, when you think about all the overreaches that people willingly went, I've talked to several pastors who said this was a dry run to the tribulation. This was Mm -hmm. a dry run. I mean, to see who would be willingly complicit. And I I was at a I'll mention the big box place. I was at Costco yesterday doing some shopping after the show. And I came across a half dozen people wearing masks just because it made them feel better. You know, I mean, there's no emergency now. There's no monkeypox. There's no none of that stuff. And yet you see people driving by themselves wearing masks because they've been conditioned to think, well, I don't want to get it on me. You know, I mean, it's, it's I, I doubt seriously it's anybody saying, I don't want to spread this thing. It's really get it away from me. You know, I, I don't want it to get on me by accident. Right. It's crazy what's happening to people's minds today. It, it's how they think. And, Neil, it does seem like everybody's walking around now in this state of fear. It, uh, American life has been fundamentally altered. We've mm-hmm. proven we're willing to be locked down told how many people are allowed to sit at a table in a restaurant, told what stuff you're allowed to buy, told what family members you're allowed to go see, told basically how you have to live your life. And by the way, walk around in a bunch of paranoia with with masks and gloves and such. This It's a different world now. And it's staggering to me that America, the land of the free and the home of the brave turned into this. Yeah, a couple things about that. If there's any glimmer of hope, I do know a few people. I don't know if you guys have run into any of these folks, but they were like diehard Fauci supporters who were lock, stock, and barrel on board with everything the government was telling us to do, who after a while began to relax a little bit and said, like, this is kind of crazy. Why are we doing this? Who today say exactly what you've been describing, Bob, that the masks didn't work. This is stupid. Why in the world did we submit ourselves to this? And so there's a little bit of hope that some people came to their senses, and yet... Uh, I same thing. I've, I've gone in stores even recently and see people wearing masks, and I'm like, "What is happening right now? Why in the world are we doing this? And and how is it that this fear persists when when we know now what we know about COVID? We've learned a lot of things, but I think maybe one of the more disheartening things for me during all of this was watching churches become so cooperative. Yeah. Certainly, yes. certainly not all yes. of them. There were others. You know, there were many that said, "No, we're not going to be influenced by this. We're going to remain open. We're going to do whatever." But others that just said, oh, tell us what to do and we'll do it. You know, we'll shut down if necessary. And mm-hmm. man, that's disturbing. It right. really is. And, you know, when you think about what, what happened and with all the, the different, you know, complicity, at the same time, though, I want to give a shout out to anybody who said, wait a minute, this isn't right. And I'm mm-hmm. going to stand up for what's right. 
And I saw a lot of people of faith, especially saying, wait a minute, this is nuts. I mean, we don't we don't have to be rude about this. I think all three of us would be in agreement if John were here, we'll throw in his hat in the ring, too. We were anti-mandate, not anti-vax. We're not anti-health by any stretch of the imagination. We want people to take care of themselves. I mean, uh, we, we don't want we all you know have elderly parents. And Neil, I know you went through some challenges with your mom and dad during yep. uh, COVID, you know, and that was that was, was horrible to, to watch you know, uh, your situation play out in so many different areas. And I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm fortunate that my parents didn't have to go through that. But for those who did, it was amazing to me to see how many people of faith said, no, I'm not going to take this thing because the government tells me to. I'm going to, this is between me and God. And, uh, you know, and, and I know a lot of Christians who took the jab and people who didn't. And I don't find fault for people who do take it. I think the big issue, you know, is the reason Ron DeSantis became so popular. He said, look, we're not going to force this on people. The infection rate in Florida and Texas was as high as it was in New York and California. The difference was the people of Texas had the opportunity to say, I want to take that or I don't. The people mm-hmm. of Florida said, I want to take it or I don't. California, New York didn't get the option. Michigan didn't get the option. And at, at, at what point, where does liberty land when the government right. is telling you, oh, you will do this? I mean, it just it didn't make any sense to me then. It still doesn't make any sense to me now. It, both. It, no, go, go ahead, ahead, Neil. No, I'm no, just going to mention on the heels of what you said, Roger. Both of my parents did die during COVID. Both of them were dying of other things. In the very end, I was told with, within a matter of days of each of their deaths, oh, and your mom, oh, and your dad contracted COVID. And so it was listed as a cause of death on their on their, on their uh, death certificate. But, you know, we were forbidden from going in to see them in their final days. Uh, and so we, we had to live through that. It's infuriating and, to hear that, you say that. Well, and we could have chosen the option of going in and, and remain social distance from them with masks and goggles and, you know, look, you're basically dressed in a moon suit. And I chose not to do that. I, did, I didn't want to remember my mom or my dad that way, you know, being separated from them, even though we were physically in the same room and I wasn't going to put up with that. So we had to resort to looking at them through a window and talking on the phone and having somebody hold a phone near their head so that they could hear us talk. But it, I was one of probably millions of people that were impacted impacted in some fashion, being kept away from loved ones who are hospitalized during that time or maybe even died during COVID. Oh, boy. And you know what, Neil, there's something I want to mention about that as well regarding your parents and the hospitals and such. And we're going to get to that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to ask everybody watching and listening to this podcast right now, would you do something to save some unborn babies' lives? Because of all the things we talk about, whether it's COVID, uh, whether it's uh, certainly the abortion issue and the abortion pill we're going to be talking about next week, we've got to remember that there are moms right now on the fence trying to decide, am I going to get an abortion? Am I not going to get an abortion? And you can change the mind of that mom and save that baby's life with just $28. Do you know that? You see, preborn partners with pro-life centers all across the country to show them ultrasound images of these babies to the moms. And the moms choose life when they see ultrasound images of their babies. By the way, they end up accepting the Lord most of the time, too. $28 is the average cost to pay for the ultrasounds to, to save one baby's life. So here's what we're asking everybody listening to us right now to do. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, whatever number God's laid on your heart. Uh, If it's 10 babies, that's $280. If it's 100 babies, it's $2,800. We don't know what you can afford to give. We just know we need everybody involved in this because, let's face it, we can stop a lot of abortions. 
and it's not that much money to save a few babies' lives. So here's how easy this is. Go online right now to crawfordmediagroup.net. All right, that's crawfordmediagroup.net and just click on the preborn tab and you can give right there. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Okay, crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And if you want to give over the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. So go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, if you would. Let's save these babies' lives. As we're talking about the official end of the national emergency for COVID now and what the legacy of COVID's been for the last three years. You know, Neil, I want to go a little deeper into what you were saying about your parents. I find that so obscene and offensive that you could not be there with your parents as they died because of this nonsense of the overreaction of COVID. And I just, I wanted to share with you guys a quick little anecdote of my own involving COVID. You know, my dad got COVID. My dad's in his 80s. He lives in Columbus, Ohio. And so he went to the hospital for COVID. Uh, the problem is he wasn't allowed to see anybody. Nobody's allowed to visit him. Uh, he couldn't have any family whatsoever. And he just basically started withering away and he just wanted to die. And he gave up on life. And so we're fighting with the hospital to try to allow somebody to get in there to be able to see him. But now he's wasting away. After a month in the hospital, COVID had been gone from his system. He was done with COVID for two weeks, but his muscles were atrophying. He was dying. He was wasting away. And then finally, my brother, who lives down there and is a banking executive, he got the hospital to agree to allow him as the only one designated visitor who could visit my dad briefly one time a day. And that's mm. it. So, okay. So he gets in there and he's trying to get my dad to eat and he won't eat and whatever. And, and the hospital is saying, we don't expect your dad to survive. So I kind of look like my brother. So here's what we did. Uh, I go down to Columbus and I said to my brother, we're both going to get in there and see him. And so here's what I got one of my brother's sweatshirts that he always wears an Ohio State sweatshirt. And I put on a baseball cap. And with the mask, you can't really tell the difference. So I walked into the hospital and I went up to the, to the counter and they recognize him each day. So I had his ID and I said, yeah, here you go. And I was looking at my phone, not making eye contact. And they're like, okay, Mike, uh, sure. Good to see you again. I was like, yeah, thanks. So I went ahead and I walked on in. Then I got around the corner and I called my brother on his cell phone. I said, okay, I'm in your turn now. So then, and here's the one I talked to. So wait until that person's on the phone or not paying attention. So sure enough, he waited. He goes to the other person. He gets through. So the two of us then went up uh, two separate elevators. We went to two different sides, and we both converged in his room. And we sat there, and we visited with him. And a couple times, nurses would come in, and, and I hate to say this. I know, you know, forgive me, Lord. I just lied and said, oh, yeah, the, uh, I'm here from whatever. We're going over some paperwork. or what. Oh, okay, fine. Just made up excuses. But we both got to visit with my dad. So we decided we're going to pull him out of the hospital. Uh, but they said, well, you can't take him out of the hospital. So I was talking to the administrator. And I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what. If you say he's going to die any time now, you can't stop me from setting up hospice in our home. So we're going to take him out of the hospital for hospice. And he said, okay, well, we can't stop you from doing that. I said, okay. And I looked the administrator in the eye and I said, by the way, just so you know, 
I am lying to you. We're not actually going to set up hospice, but that's what I'm telling you as an excuse to get him out of here. We're going to take him home. We're going to let him be around his family. And you know something? He's going to turn around and I'll bet you he's driving inside of two weeks. And they said, no way in the world. Well, guess what? We did that. It wasn't two weeks. It was about three weeks, but he was driving. And my dad's fine now. Uh, This was a year and a half ago that all this happened. It is obscene. But you know something? If he had died, that would have been listed as yet another COVID death. And it wasn't a COVID. And I told them. I said, if my dad dies, you're going to list it as a COVID death. You're going to collect a whole bunch of money from the government for a COVID death. And you know full well it won't be COVID that killed him. It will be him atrophying and basically wasting away and giving up on life because of your stupid policies. And they just looked at me and they were like, we don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, well, it's, been, it's crazy, oh, wouldn't it guys. Easy, wouldn't it have been easier just to put some goat skins on your arm and bring him some soup or porridge or something? I mean, you, know, you would think. Game. I mean, come on, goes, Bob. Is that Mike? Is that you? No, I, the espionage you had to go through to see your father. And we would, I mean, we're coming up with the half hour break, but my goodness, I mean, that the idea that people being in the company of other people was actually good for them, which we've seen, and I've got a story I could share on the other side, but. The idea, Bob, I mean, I'm going to say this and sound like a conspiracy theorist, but John's not here, so I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. The Mm. government had no vested interest in our parents surviving this. None whatsoever. Anybody over the age of 65 or 70, the population declined in the 65 and up demo by a full 1% in the first year. And the government was back. They were high-fiving, low-fiving, applauding, chest-bumping, whatever they could, because they were thinning the herd. And it's ridiculous and insidious that they would do that. And they know full well that your dad, lying there by himself, not seeing anybody was just going he was going to be in a lousy physical and emotional state and i'm glad that you and your brother went in there and busted him out of there good job jacob and esau i mean bob and mike (laughs) (laughs) that's that's right and you know what and i even got a bowl of stew out of it there you go that's right that's right all right uh i know some people listening right now that that don't know scripture that were like what are you talking about okay trust me we know what we're talking about all right uh, we do have a lot more to talk about regarding the legacy of COVID and this three-year sham that America was put through. We're going to talk about more of it in the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, I want to remind you what we mentioned before. If you haven't sponsored, if you haven't called yet or given yet to preborn to save these babies' lives, please do it now. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, and give whatever you can. Remember, it's $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. You're paying for ultrasound images for those expectant moms to see their babies, and they choose life when they see those images, okay? So $28 times whatever number God lays on your heart. Is it 10 babies? Is it 100 babies? Is it 1,000 babies? I don't know what you can afford to do. I don't know how much God has blessed you. But CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right now. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, okay? And they answer the phones 24-7, so you can do this over the phone. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, okay? 833-850-BABY. Second half is coming up next. You can listen to the second half on your regular radio station or... Some radio stations play the second half at a different time. So you might have to go to the website of your radio station and then look at the program guide to see when the second half plays. Or just listen to the second half online at CrawfordMediaGroup.net or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can watch video of our podcast at My Hope Now. 
crawfordmedia.com. And more in the second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with Neil Boron. Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. John Rush not with us. We're going to have to run an intervention on John. Uh, he'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. Right now we're talking about the lasting legacy of COVID. Now that the national emergency has officially been declared over, how do we get these three years back? Uh, so, Roger, you had mentioned in the first half, we're each telling our, our hospital anecdotes here. Neil told his about his parents. I told the one about my dad. Just some of your thoughts on that. Well, two of them, actually. My sister is a nurse. She works at a rehab hospital. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, if you follow the movie Jesus Revolution, uh, Chuck Smith of Calvary Chapel, when, when Chuck mm-hmm. was, he had had a stroke later in life and sh- certainly shortly before he passed away, Linda was his rehab nurse at the Tustin Rehab Hospital and said he was the real deal, you know, even after having gone through something like that. She's been working in this industry for 30 years. And when COVID happened, of course, everybody had to go on the K95s and the masks. And she has asthma. She's been battling asthma her whole life. She can't have a mask on her face for a 12-hour shift nonstop. I mean, just it made it virtually impossible for her to breathe. Even after they eased up on the mask mandates, even her hospital still maintained that. She's now working part-time and considering Social Security disability, not because she can't work, but because she can't work with a K95 mask glued to her face for 12 hours a day, being an asthmatic. She's got to have the ability to breathe freely. And I'm hoping that now that they finally have listed the mask mandates in the People's Republic of California as well, uh, for hospital workers and restaurant workers, whatever, it's up to the company. Um, that, that's going to be an issue. But you'd hate to see somebody, she would just turn 62 when this whole thing started. And you know, they're looking at that going, oh, here's a single white female, 62 years of age. Uh, she's just taking up space. So, uh, oh gosh, I'm really sorry that uh, you can't work anymore. I'm really sorry that you had to sell your house right. and move to Texas. But for me personally, I got a, to experience this firsthand last June. I came down with a, a case of pneumonia. I went to our local emergency room, which is attached to a local hospital. They went ahead and ran some tests. They said, well, I never had a full COVID test before. Of course, I tested positive for COVID. And immediately, I was put in isolation. And immediately, I was put on a ventilator. Well, they tried to put me on a ventilator, put me on oxygen first. And by the time the doctor came to see me, she looked and said, wait, your vitals are good. Why are you on oxygen? And the nurse said, well, you know, his uh, oxygen level was down to 85. And she literally jiggled the wire on the machine and it went back up to 92. Oh, no. And she looked at me and said, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll be dismissing you and we'll just be discharging you in about an hour. Oh, I'll give you a little, uh, a couple of medications for the uh, for the pneumonia and that will treat whatever the COVID is in there too. And I looked at her and said, I'm worth more money if I'm on a ventilator in ICU, aren't you? She said, oh, yeah. And it's something like mm-hmm. if they put you on a ventilator, it's an extra 15 grand for the hospital. If you go into ICU on a ventilator, now it's $60,000. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she said, do you honestly think that somebody with COVID on a ventilator regurgitating all of their own stuff is actually going to get better? Right. And I, you know, it was just, it was amazing to hear somebody speak so candidly. And then she said, yeah, quite frankly, you're the first person to test positive, positive for COVID at this hospital in probably a year. And I said, well, I must have good insurance. huh?" And she smiled and said, no comment. And she walked out of the room. Oh, and I thought, oh my, at least incredible. she was candid about it. But, <laughs> you know, I went home four days later doing my breathing treatment and whatever. I was back to work. I mean, it was, it wasn't the end, but how mm-hmm. many people, 
came in with my situation I know. and didn't leave the hospital I know. because of the treatment they got in the it, hospital. It's, it's insane. And by the way, can I just say the Washington Post, liberal left-wing Washington Post, just a couple of months ago, actually ran an op-ed from Dr. Lena Wen. Now, Dr. Lena Wen is no mm-hmm. pro-lifer. She's no conservative. She's the former president of Planned Parenthood. She's currently the official medical analyst for CNN. Okay, so this is who Lena Wen is. And I don't get to say these words very often. Kudos to Lena Wen. She actually had the courage to write a piece uh, declaring that COVID deaths have been, her words, way, way over-exaggerated. And she did some research for some various uh, hospitals, and she found that on average between 70 and 90% of COVID hospitalizations and COVID deaths were not people dying from COVID. They were people dying from something else that also happened to have COVID. And so if you think about any hospital, take any hospital, you know that people are dying in hospitals all the time, okay? This happens. So since we know that COVID during its heightened time spread very easily, uh, most people were catching COVID, especially in a hospital. And since in hospitals, they automatically test everyone for COVID, that means everybody in the hospital for a heart attack, for a stroke, for a broken bone, for a concussion from a car crash, from cancer, everybody in the hospital for something is going to get COVID tested. When COVID is spreading like wildfire, common sense stands to reason that you're going to get a high percentage of people in the hospital that test positive with COVID. So every one of those deaths get called COVID deaths. These numbers, Neil, I'm telling you, they they were so grossly inflated. And this goes to something that else I said was part of the legacy of COVID is that you can't trust the CDC and the NIH anymore. Uh, They completely exposed themselves, Neil, as a bunch of left-wing propagandists. They are not scientists. They're propagandists in white lab coats. Yeah, and we need to recognize that truth. And then thank God we get to talk about that kind of thing here on the National Crawford Roundtable. And, you know, yeah, we get, have the freedom to the, do it, don't we? We have the freedom well, to talk about for it. Now. Yeah. Exactly. For now. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. And thank God for our sponsors who make it possible. Before we do that, though, I want to mention Alliance Defending Freedom in just a second. But I just got to say, while we're on the subject of hospitals, hospital workers, frontline hospital workers, EMTs, paramedics, and others, Thank God for all of you that stood there mm-hmm. in the face of COVID, looked it right. in the eye, stared it down, and protected the rest of us during COVID. Some of you got COVID, you got better, you went back on the job, and then a year after you'd been doing that on the front lines, you lost your job because you were unwilling to get the vaccine. Uh, even though you'd already had it, you had antibodies in your system, you had survived it, and now you're out of work. And and I, I literally know a story of a young woman who just, I mean, good, good for her, she went to Florida and was working um, as a traveling nurse making ungodly sums of money. I mean, unbelievable, like $150 an hour or something. Hmm. So so lucrative that she was able to move there and sublet an apartment for a couple of months and make money living in Florida, basically taking a vacation down there when she wasn't working and then, you know, come back to this area. But, you know, literally people are without work because they had refused to get the the, man, the vaccines. And, and I'm wondering, maybe we can talk about it on the other side of, of this, but uh, I'm wondering if, the the government plans to reinstate any of these people in their jobs now that the national emergency is over. I doubt it. Yeah, they should. They absolutely should. With back pay, quite frankly. Yes, absolutely. 
But let me thank uh, Alliance Defending Freedom for being a partner with us, helping to sponsor these kind of conversations here on NBL. They're all about freedom of speech. They're all about the rights and freedoms that are guaranteed to us in the Constitution. And so, uh, Bob, you you referred to Blake Allen last week uh, on the roundtable, a 14-year-old female volleyball player in Vermont. One day, a male student who apparently identifies as a female walks into the girls' locker room where the girls are changing. They're not only shocked, they're horrified. You know, Some of them right. are in various states of, of, un, of undress. Uh, she, she complains to school officials um, and gets suspended um, for harassment and bullying because somewhere along the line she mentioned to one of her friends, you know, this guy, he was literally a dude. She said he's literally a dude. Mm-hmm. And they demanded she submit a reflective essay that she participate in something called a restorative circle and meet with the school's equity coordinator to better understand her classmates' preferred gender identity. Well, her dad catches wind of this. He's a middle school soccer coach in the same district. He expresses his concerns on Facebook and refers to this young man as a male. And the district suspends him for the rest of the season without pay. Well, that's when Travis and Blake, uh, thank God, reached out to our partner, Alliance Defending Freedom. And as soon as they did, uh, Blake's suspension was lifted. No, no surprise there. But Travis, he still remains suspended from coaching. But, you know, Alliance Defending Freedom believes no school, no government has the right to punish somebody for exercising their free speech. And that's exactly why we need your help to support this organization. A gift of $50, maybe you can give $100 or more, will help Alliance Defending Freedom protect people like Travis and Blake. And like you and I, if this happens to us, at no charge, by the way. Well, it's simple. All you have to do is click on CrawfordMediaGroup.net, or you can call 877-367-6461 to donate. But we literally need 40 people today to give $50. Maybe you can give 100 maybe maybe $1,000, whatever you can do. But let's make sure Alliance Defending Freedom has the resources that they need to protect and represent people just like Travis and Blake and you and I. Anyway, again, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Check it out today. Click on the banner, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. But, you know, do these... These frontline hospital workers get their jobs back. I think they should, and I think there ought to be a right. push for that. There should Absolutely. be. There, there, yeah. at, there, there's got to be because let's face it, our our country has been dramatically altered in a in a really ugly way. And yeah. so we we really do want. I mean, Roger, we want people supporting ADF. We want people supporting preborn. We want people supporting uh, Dennis Wilson Financial and and the sponsors of this Absolutely. podcast because it's so yeah. important what they do. Well, and especially, I was thinking, as Neil was talking about the back pay issue, hey, by all means, when you get that big check, what are you going to do with it? I mean, 90% <laughs> of people who get that kind of lump sum wind up blowing it on something. And wouldn't it be better to put it in an investment that is yeah. not only going to help you long term, it's going to help you lower your tax footprint. You're not going to lose money with these guaranteed uh bases that they have. I mean, that's one thing, Dennis, it's a remarkable uh, track record, but I can attest to it. Uh, my parents are both uh, clients of Dennis, my sister's uh, a client as well. But the, the thing that just boggles my mind is the fact that what Dennis does in terms of the investments, the, the fees are so much lower, if at all, in many of these programs, and then what he does with the proceeds. I mean, the proceeds of what Dennis Wilson earns for his business, he's a very good steward. He's tithing to preborn. He's tithing to ADF. He's tithing to a lot of the ministries that you hear on National Crawford Roundtable affiliates, you know, nationwide, Amen. because he belie- he's a huge fan of Christian radio and he loves it. Building churches in Africa. I mean, he's about to go again to Niger and, and hang out there and, uh, with people in West Africa. But know that that's who's behind. I mean, there are large corporations behind financial investment firms. You know, the, and you don't you know who they are. I don't have to mention them here. All they're caring about is profits and 
DEI and wokeness and ESG and all the different things. What you get with Wilson Financial is a good godly investment strategy that is good stewardship based first and foremost. And that's why when you click that banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net, uh, Dennis can help you from anywhere in the country, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, or you can call his office directly. It's here in the People's Republic, 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, and mention that you heard us talking about him on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Because guys, I mean, th this is it. <laughs> It, the strategies that we have to use now, we have to be a lot more strategic. The days of being a Christian, having a great church, listening to Christian radio, supporting a few ministries and stuff like that, and not thinking that there's spiritual warfare, you know, going on out there. I mean, the spiritual warfare has literally raised to a fever pitch. And and we saw it during COVID. We, I mean, we mentioned in the first half of the podcast, I believe it was a, it was a dry run, a, a dress rehearsal, if you will, for what is uh, what, what awaits us, you know, once Antichrist begins mm -hmm. to, you know, take shape. We have to be ready for it. But, you know, ultimately, we know who wins the ultimate battle, but we right. still have to go through this for such a time as this for as long as we have breath. And the fact that the CDC never backed away from their early statistic that said that 94 percent of the people who got COVID and died from COVID all was actually COVID and a comorbidity like high blood pressure or hypertension or obesity or whatever it was. It took a bad situation and made it worse. But so many people were convinced that they were going to, quote unquote, die of COVID. That was... You talk about the 2020 election of the leftist media saying, oh, they I called know. it the big lie, whatever. Well, the big lie was all the things that COVID was going to do to you. you know, and, and I hate to say it, but it worked. I mean, Roger, their strategy worked. Yeah. It, it really did. Let's let's keep people in perpetual fear and let's let them believe that the government is the answer to their fear and let's take away their liberties and freedoms for the sake of keeping them alive and let's force a bunch of things on them that they would... Let's force medicines, experimental medicines to be injected in their body uh, so that they can buy and sell, let's face it, you know, to have a job somewhere and People went along with it. Churches went along with this kind of nonsense. And so I, uh, what do you you're think, right. You're what, right. What's the reason for Biden signing this thing now? He could have let this ride out for another month. He could have just. He was going to write it to May 11th, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what advantage is there? Is there because I, I always scratch my head and say, is there some political thing going on here? Like, why would he do this? Uh, my personal opinion, I think this is a case where his handlers, he makes no decisions. He's right. told what to say and where to go. I think the Easter Bunny instructed him that what you need to do is go ahead and sign this because if you don't, it's slated to end less than a month from now anyway. And since it's going to end a month from now anyway, if you veto this, all we're going to see in the news and the headlines are Republicans making a big issue out of the fact that you vetoed something that you're just going to turn around and let expire anyway three weeks after you veto it. What's the reason for that? It draws too much attention to the absurdity of the whole COVID debate. Why is it dangerous? We're in an emergency situation now, but we won't be three weeks from now. Uh, yeah. I think we'll lose the PR battle here. So, Mr. President, so, you just go ahead and don't veto yeah. it. That's what I honestly think happened. So then this is the, uh, air quote, proof that the government really isn't trying to take away your freedom and liberty. See? You know, we yeah, yeah that's it. This. Yeah. Well, 
And right. pay no attention to what's happening at the UN right now. Pay no attention to the strengthening the international response to complex shocks and emergency platform common agenda thing that the Biden administration fully supports. Maybe it's like he waves this out here and says, see, conservatives, you got nothing to worry about. There's no more emergency. Pay no attention to the fact that we're supporting this global takeover. So the next time there's a quote unquote pandemic, the mm-hmm. UN will step in and have global powers with the full support of the U.S. that has tremendous weight at the United Nations. But you don't want to be bothered with all that stuff. Look, Donald right. Trump got indicted. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I, and we've already proven we're willing to bow down, bend over, and say thank you, sir. May I have another to the to the government and yeah. to the United Nations. We already know that, so it's it's just going to be easier for them next time. That's why we got to speak up and and basically say no. We're we're not going to accept this never again. By the way, when we were talking about vaccines earlier, now I know there's differing views on vaccines, and by the way. I happen to be a full-blown anti-vaxxer. I don't care if somebody calls me that. Our kids were not vaccinated. We didn't get them vaccinated. I haven't. The only vaccinations I've ever had are vaccinations for when I've had to for a missions trip somewhere. You get a yellow fever vaccine because you're going into a certain country or whatever. But other than that, we haven't gone down the vaccine road. Now, I don't fault people who do get vaccines. I'm not saying I'm not on an agenda to convince people not to get vaccines. We just have had concerns about. Childhood shots, autism connections, possibly and such. But with this COVID vaccine, this was experimental. And look, Donald Trump, he did what he could do to get these vaccines to the market in just a few months time, which is a phenomenal move for people that want to use them. But to force these on people and to force them on children, we don't even know what kind of long-term health problems there's going to be from this. We already do know that there's been a, a dramatic increase in cases of myocarditis, heart disease in young adults. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but have you noticed how many young people, young adults, sports stars and others are just seeming to collapse with heart attacks? Uh, we've seen news reporters. We've seen uh, football players and others that collapse with heart attacks that have been fully vaccinated. And I'm not trying to go all conspiracy theory here, but I can't help but wonder, is there something below the radar screen that's not really being talked about with people's outside voices that maybe just maybe we got a bunch of young adults out there with heart damage that wouldn't have had it before? Yeah. Uh, where's DeMar Hamlin when you need him, right? I, mean, I know. Why was he so conspicuously quiet, even going so far as to say, I can't really talk about that, what happened to me. I can't really talk about what happened to me. It's one of the greatest miracles we've seen in modern times, and you mm-hmm. can't talk about what – you were dead on a football field. Right. People prayed over you. There was nine and a half minutes of CPR where you were brought back twice, and you can't talk about what happened to you? Who's telling him he can't talk about that? Why Why is DeMar Hamlin not – I mean, Neil, is there something going on in Buffalo that we don't know about? I mean, what's happening here? You know, the only thing that's going on in Buffalo is whatever it is that's keeping him quiet. Like, I think there's a lot of people wondering what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the owner of the Buffalo Bills, um, uh, the Pagula family, um, the uh, Terry Pagula is the owner of the team, but his wife, Kim, uh, had some kind of a medical emergency not long ago. They don't know what the exact mm-hmm. cause of that was, but she suffered some type of heart attack kind of situation and she's been out of the public eye for nine months to better part of a year she missed the entire season and she was literally the head of pagula sports entertainment so um i don't know there's a lot of interesting things happening around the buffalo bills and not a lot being said publicly but i i I wonder the same thing that you're right a miracle happened the nation prayed people got involved and we don't get to hear the the nuanced story of or even the, the medical 
uh, you know, information behind exactly what happened. There's that situation where if you get hit in the chest, I forget the name of it right now. If you get hit in the chest, all of a sudden, uh, you know, sometimes between heartbeats, your your heart can stop. It's even happened to tennis players or baseball players. Somebody at, at the plate taking a swing gets hit in the chest with the baseball at exactly the wrong time. It's a very minute possibility. So people wondered, was that what caused this? Well, I guess we don't get to know because nobody's talking about it. And, and to me, that, that does make it suspicious. Yeah. Well, look, the VAERS reporting system is run by the CDC, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And we saw the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that were reporting coincidentally suddenly dying, dropping dead right after getting the vaccine. And you weren't allowed to talk about this. You weren't even allowed to post these statistics or a link to the CDC's own page on this on social media. You were blocked and banned for giving misinformation and such. So it, it it's really sad and scary. The, the censor, to me, that's another big part of the legacy here. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. The censorship, censorship on steroids. We we became a culture and a society that said there's certain things you're just not allowed to talk about. If you disagree with Dr. Fauci, you are not allowed to speak. Oh my goodness. And we're gonna get to that in just a moment, but I do wanna ask everybody right now though listening to us, uh, would you give something right now? Would you donate some money to preborn to save some babies' lives and stop abortion? We're going to be talking about abortion a lot next week with the abortion pill and this judge's decision and the battle going on there. But remember, folks, Roe v. Wade, that's overturned. That's great. What a blessing. But the abortion industry is still, I mean, they're hopping mad and they're pushing abortions as best as they can. And when you get a woman who's pregnant, unexpected pregnancy, and she's in a dilemma, she's got Planned Parenthood trying to lure her in. Come on in here, get an abortion, get an abortion. But you know something? There's across the street a pro-life pregnancy center that says, you know what, come on over here and we'll love you, we'll care for you, we'll help you. And we want to show you an ultrasound image of that baby of yours. Who do you think pays for these ultrasound images, folks? It's preborn. Preborn does this all over the country in pro-life centers all across the nation. But it takes money to pay for these ultrasound images. And that's where you come in. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. 28 bucks. So would you give $28 times whatever number maybe God lays on your heart? Your legacy will be stopping 10 abortions, 20 abortions, 100 abortions, whatever number you can afford to take 28 times. That's what we're asking you for right now. So here's how you give. Go online to crawfordmediagroup.net. That's crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the preborn tab. You can give right there. And every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. And if you want to give over the phone, you can call right now, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. They answer the phones 24-7. We appreciate you folks doing that. So, and right. by the way, it's it's great. We're not censored. We are allowed to talk about stuff like this, at least on this podcast. But, Neil, the amount of things that people have been censored uh, in social media, that's another legacy of COVID in, in these three years the 100%. doctors, doctors were taken off of YouTube. They were blocked because they wanted to prescribe something like ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or something like the the medical professionals were told you're not allowed to even question the safety or efficacy of masks or vaccines or anything like that. It was insane. 
Yeah, and you know, there's things we don't know about COVID and things that we do know. And what we do know is that our freedoms were inhibited in a huge way, especially in areas like social media, where people were simply, sometimes even asking questions was banned. But I don't know if any of you guys caught this. Well, let me let me stop for a minute. It just occurred to me, uh, Roger, there is one thing we do know. We learned from today's conversation. Um, that Bob Jacob the Deceiver Duco is an anti-vaxxer. Okay, so we know that, but let me let me continue for just a minute. Um, did anybody see this? That the Atlantic was calling for pandemic amnesty after quote mistakes were made during COVID response. Uh, a U.S. publication has called for pandemic am- amnesty, urging people to forgive one another for what we did and said during COVID. And, you know, I saw several articles about this and really the implication was look at, hey, we didn't really know what we were talking about during COVID, but we tried hard. And what's really upsetting about that is that people were led to believe that the government is following the science, they have all the answers, and we need to obey the government. When in reality, now they're backtracking and saying, well, we didn't really know what we were doing, so just forgive us because we tried hard and destroyed your lives and ruined children's education, Uh, kept kids from getting to know their teachers by having everybody masked up in the classroom or keeping them out of the classroom altogether. There was so many implications to this thing. Oh, and uh, you know, I'm sorry, we made a few mistakes. No, that wasn't what you were saying three years ago. It's it's I crazy know. and it's shocking. No, you're absolutely right. And by the way, I just appreciate you making my middle name Israel and not Esau. That's all. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, Roger, your final thought. We got about thirty seconds. Well, yeah, it was clear it was a huge government overreach. We just celebrated the third anniversary of 15 days to stop the spread. We know that initially there was concern because people didn't know what it was all about. But we got real learned real quick and figured this out. And the government continued to just keep lording it over us. They were armed with progressive media that had absolutely no trouble telling people on the conservative side of the aisle, you're wrong, you're hateful, and you're going to kill us all. And now, <laughs> but but please, could we have some amnesty? Because, hey, my bad. I mean, I'm really sorry your business is ruined. I'm really sorry you couldn't see right. Exactly. Right. Right. I know. My bad. My bad. Emily Latella. Oh, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Exactly. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, obviously, as Christians, uh-huh. we're called to forgive. We're called to forgive other people. Of course. Obviously, we're not going to go on some kind of vendetta. But the name of the game here, first and foremost, was there's nothing wrong with doing a little due diligence, asking the tough questions, right. and being uncomfortable with situations that, well, I thought it was this, but now it's this. It Absolutely. It's a situation that got crystallized way too quickly. Absolutely. So true. So true. Folks, we always appreciate you listening to the podcast. Don't forget, we want you to support the sponsors of this podcast, Dennis Wilson Financial and ADF, and of course, Preborn. Remember, if you want to give to Preborn, you can call them right now, 833-850-BABY. They answer 24-7, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. And you can also donate online, crawfordmediagroup.net. Just click on Preborn, crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. saves one baby's life. Take that $28 times whatever number God puts on your heart, okay? Whatever number that is, and let's stop these abortions. We do appreciate you folks listening to us. You can listen to previous episodes of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to watch video of us and see all of our Handsome why? faces. Why? What? Unmasked. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> However, if you want to laugh at us and throw tomatoes at your screen, go to myhopenow.com. Could you throw gummy bears or something like that instead? Yeah, something. Just, just something that tastes good. All right. Neil Boron, Roger Marsh, myself, Bob Duco. We look forward to John Rush being back with us in a couple of weeks. Guys, good catching up with you. Thanks a lot. You too, Bob. Neil. And thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. 
You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And by Alliance Defending Freedom, defending the First Amendment rights of free speech and religious liberty. Your generous financial support makes it possible for Alliance Defending Freedom to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.